It's October 2016. I'm in the back of a car riding through this dark winding road through the hills of southern Spain. I just graduated from undergrad university with a degree in literature and I had one class focused on teaching English as a foreign language. It's also 2.30 in the morning and I have all of my life's belongings in the trunk and I arrive at a very, very tiny town called Satanil de las Bodegas. And I'm on this tiny cobblestone street and I'm in front of this doorway, which was an Airbnb I had booked, and I knock and knock and knock until I realize that this town of 3,000 people has nobody awake and I'm stuck by myself. I try to sleep in the doorway, but that doesn't really work. So I grab all my stuff and I walk through this tiny hilly town uh, to try to find a hotel to be met with another locked door. Um, and then after that, I move to try to find another place to sleep, and I end up at a bench in the center of town where I lay down and I, I make the best of it. Um, I'm there for a few hours, I get a little bit of sleep, and then eventually abuelas start to walk around the town with their children, going to the stores, and uh, there's some cars and whatnot, and there's activity, so I get up to try to look normal, which I don't, um, and then um, I'm walking around and someone comes up behind me and he's like, are you Greg? And I'm like, yeah, who are you, KNS? And He's like, I'm Julio, I'm your Airbnb host. I'm like, oh, thank God, finally. <laughs> and he, he brings me back to this house, which is the first of many that I would live in in Satanil de las Bodegas. Um, so I, I decided to move to this tiny town to try to be a teacher of English as a foreign language and to become a, uh, an expat novelist like Ernest Hemingway, um, only to be met with immediate homelessness, um, which did not really work out for me. So I was hired by the Spanish government to be a cultural language specialist in their schools. So I have a primary school and a secondary school, kind of like elementary and high school um, there. And my first day is very awkward. I meet with administrators. No one's really there to really help me, but they put me in a classroom and immediately I met with like the chaos of an uh, elementary school classroom where no one is speaking English and I don't really speak Spanish. Um, eventually, I come to, to get better at Spanish, but the kids prove to be really mean. Um, even, even the little kids are really mean to me. Um, and then I go to the high school the next day and they're even worse and they like have fights in the hallways and it's, they're just making fun of me. And, you know, we, we do try to bond. We have a good time from in, in a few moments here and there. Um, outside of the schools, I play soccer, I play hacky sack, but also the kids only know internet English, so I'm really only ever met with like, fuck you and smoke weed every day. <laughs> and that's it, like, they don't really know anything else, so it's all on me to learn Spanish, which I do over time, but I have a lot of free time when I'm living there. So really what happens is I, I kind of start drinking a lot and I'm just in this like alcoholic spiral and I spend a lot of my time doing a lot of nothing except drinking and then moving because I'm in a lot of different housing situations. And the, the kids keep making fun of me. The teachers are not very helpful. I do do fun stuff while I'm there. I go to Sevilla, I go to Morocco. I also went to a concert with the music teacher where he performed psychedelic rock in Estepona and we were up till like eight in the morning and I'm pretty sure he was doing a lot of cocaine, which is alarming. Um, and then, so, so it goes on and on for a few weeks, right? It, it kind of gets normal and then it's kind of rocky and then it's kind of normal. And we get to December, and when we get to December, I'm invited to a Christmas lunch with the elementary school teachers. And at this point, I'm really drinking a lot, things are not going great, and so I wake up really sluggishly. I'm, I'm supposed to get a ride from someone I've never met before, and it, it doesn't really work very smoothly, so I show up an hour late. And I am so disheveled and like uncomfortable, and I just look out of sorts, I'm hungover, and because I'm late, uh, they had, it was, 
basically the elementary schools is just 15 Spanish ladies, like middle-aged, who had been sitting there drinking for about an hour. And so I walk in and it's like that record scratch moment when, when everything stops, right? They were all like chatty and then all of a sudden it's just like you can hear a pin drop and then they, they kind of roll their eyes. They're like, all right, finally. Um, and I sit down and I'm the butt of all of their jokes and you can just kind of tell that they're making fun of me throughout. And um, you know, we continuously uh, sit there and I was expecting one hour, but it ended up being a three hour long lunch and then we went out to bars afterwards and it was just this never ending Christmas lunch with these Spanish ladies making fun of me every couple minutes. They're looking at me, they're pointing and laughing and I'm just red faced and uncomfortable and I'm wearing this giant woolly sweater so I'm kind of just like hot and just gross. And eventually this ends, right? Like they, they do conclude the lunch and I get a ride home which is very quiet and uncomfortable. <laughs> and I go home and I force amnesia on the day by getting blackout drunk. and. It, it's, it, it is what it is, right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, the Spanish experience was one that was really delightful in, in hindsight, but in the moment, it was not the most fun I've ever had. Um, and so this, this experience actually concludes three months later when, oh, I'm sorry, I, I forgot the most important part. Um, the cut and run. So I, the next morning, I wake up, <laughs> and I... Uh, I'm laying there and I'm hungover, I'm exhausted, and I have like no time at all to get to school, I'm late. And I have this moment of realization that I could just be done. I could just conclude this entire chapter of my life. I could finalize all of this by never showing up to work again um, because I realized that I needed more than a minute before I was gonna see children and, and more than a lifetime before I could ever see those Spanish ladies again. Um, and so I decided on that morning after that Christmas lunch that I was just done with Spain. And I had booked my flights to go back to New York where I'm originally from. And I was gonna go down to Malaga. But before I did all any of that, I had to pack all my bags and I had to walk from my apartment and go through this tiny little town on the most circuitous path you could imagine to avoid all of these people who already know me by sight at this point. And I got to the bus stop in Satanil de las Bodegas, this tiny little town, and I had to hide behind a column and just like wait and just like, you know, I saw the cars passing with parents bringing their late kids to school and I was like, I know every single one of you and you all hate me and I'm leaving and I'm done and this is gonna be the end of my time here. And I got on a bus from Saint-Denis to Ronda, the place where I had the Christmas lunch, had a quick flashback and then I was on a bus to Malaga where I had a really fun time for a week. I smoked hash with Moroccans and like it was just like a good time. and. Then I flew back to New York and I didn't, I never went back to Spain. Um, it was just the end. No one knew where I went. It was probably utterly confusing for everyone involved. And three months later, someone figured it out that I had gone home, I guess, because I got a, uh, a letter in the mail that said that I had been uh, terminated from my position as a cultural <laughs> language specialist in Spain. And uh, I was pretty satisfied with that closure that it gave me. So, thank you. <laughs>